Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop psych dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, back with you for another episode. As always, thank you for continuing to tune in, to listen, to support. Your feedback is so imperative to this show's success, and so it's been always a pleasure um, to get to interact and engage with all of our listeners every single week. Um, If you haven't already, make sure that you have subscribed on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and make sure you rate us on both platforms um, so that more people can find us and more people can join our community. If you're interested in engaging with us more outside of the podcast, make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, that's at GoSmallTalkCounseling, G-E-A-U-X, and like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SmallTalkCounseling. Um, And everything, podcast, blog, everything about what we do can be found on our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. So we're going to dive right into our next episode. Um, It's episode 41. And specifically, we're going to be talking about mental health and legacy building and the connection between the two. Um, But this episode is actually going to be a very special episode to honor and acknowledge Um, a pillar, specifically a pillar of the Black community, um, Aramis Davison Ashton, better known as Nipsey Hussle, who was killed last night in his hometown of Los Angeles. He leaves behind two children, um, a son named Cross and a daughter named Imani. Um, And most people also know his longtime girlfriend, Miss Lauren London, um, all of which to mourn his his loss. And so he was only 33 years old and just such a tragedy. And so although not the original plan for today's episode, I definitely think that it's befitting to sort of link this special recognition of Nipsey to our topic of legacy building and his connection to mental health and wellness, because that is absolutely what he stood for. So we're going to dive in. Um, to this important topic for this week. So while legacy building is often something um, that I think we often think about like when we're much older, and if you guys remember, we talked about aging on um, a recent past episode, but it's actually something we should kind of think about daily, particularly in terms of not feeling like we have unfinished business or not feeling like we have regrets um, when we reach certain periods in life, and particularly when we reach maybe the end of our life, um, which we know in that time between then, 
we can experience a ton of distress, a ton of mental health issues as a result um, if we do sort of live in that way with lots of regrets and sort of unfinished business. And so I kind of want us to talk about the connection between that and mental health and wellness and what we can do to avoid that um, and live lives filled with fullness, with happiness, with joy, um, and really feeling like you're walking in your purpose. So we're going to dive into that today. So as always, um, I like to give you guys uh, literature to go along what we talk about. And so um, there is a 2014, April 2014 article um, in Psychology Today by Dr. Stephen Stonesy that I really liked um, reading when I was researching for our topic this week. Um, and it really talked about legacy. And so the title was, What Will Your Legacy Be and How to Prevent Regret? Um, and I thought this was interesting because a lot of times we end up, you know, thinking about what we could have done or should have done um, when time has sort of not been on our side and when we are much older and maybe we can't make changes. And so what I love about this article um, is that it kind of gives us this idea that we it really serves us well. Um, at any age to sort of take time out of, you know, our busy schedules and trying to build these like financial empires and have these great careers and build these wonderful families to occasionally think of what we might um, regret in the future and take action so that we don't have to do that. And so, of course, now is the time um, and really the only time that exists to try to prevent this regret. And so the best way to start is to consider your legacy. You know, think about the things that you want to leave behind both memories, um, but also like, what do you want to contribute to humanity, to your community? Um, What are the things that you really care about? And so being, um, asking, you know, what kind of person or parent you most want to be, a lot of times people sort of assume that that's the gist of it, sort of, you know, the roles that we might play um, is where our legacy kind of stops. But really it's a path um, to becoming the person um, that you would like to be not necessarily the person that others even always need you to be. And so um, the article addresses um, six kind of key areas that really helps you think about how to get on that path and what you can really think about. And so I'm going to tell you guys those six areas, tell you a little bit about what that might look like for you, um, and then kind of close our conversation today. We won't do a traditional Um, small talk bookshelf or pop psych moment of the week this week, but I really want us to think deeply about this again in honor um, of Nipsey and also just to leave you guys with an important topic. I think too, as we enter the second quarter of the year, this is when any of you who are business owners are probably rethinking about your beginning of the year goals and trying to stay on target and really pushing through with those goals. And so I think this is a useful conversation for that as well. So the six areas, um, that the article mentioned specifically focus on, you know, how to create that legacy and what do you need to do as far as introspection to be able to even get to that point where you're thinking about that clearly. Um, And so each of those are focus on how you want to feel, control the meaning of your life, stand for your deeper, most humane values, make the world a better place, practice transcendence and create light. And so first up is focus on how you want to feel. So a lot of times people don't think about, you know, the fact that if you are someone who wants to um, be introspective and really think about how um, you navigate the world, most people sort of assume that this is about like being obsessed with yourself. Um, 
self-obsession is focusing on how you actually feel, whereas self-improvement, which is what you're thinking about if you're a legacy builder, comes from focusing on how we want to feel. So you're always thinking ahead. You're not thinking about the present, but being able to move forward. And so focusing on how you feel can bring um, you know, past instances that evoke similar feelings up. It can create an illusion that because it's always been that way, it's always going to be that way. Um, and those feelings obviously are painful. And then the brain interprets that um, as something, you know, to not give you something to look forward to. Um, and even sometimes being able to like figure out how to explain or justify those feelings can be really difficult, which leads to a ton of distress um, for anyone that might be going than that. And so um, the whole process is is really about being able to sort of like habituate the feelings and make habits um, of things that you can do under stressful times and really being able to check in with your emotions um, so that you can know how you would like to feel long term. Feelings are always about the past and in the long run um, can kind of keep you um, experiencing past mistakes or repeating past mistakes. And so the better strategy is to focus on how you want to feel, which can be more future oriented and sort of less susceptible to the feedback loop of like, thinking about what you've done in the past that maybe didn't go so well. And so that's where you think about, you know, resentfulness or um, maybe not being kind towards someone um, during a, a past situation. And so being able to really figure out how can you do things like wish others happiness and well-being and practice allowing yourself to be concerned with the well-being of your significant others um, so that you sort of start to embody that concern for them, which also translates into a concern for you. And so, of course, for this process to work, you really have to want to be kind um, instead of being resentful or want to be um, someone who makes change versus doing it um, for what notoriety it may get you. So, um, you have to be able to want to feel more valuable instead of sort of this temporary power trip that most people go for. Um, and just being able to sort of really think about how can you focus um, on how you want to feel and what that should look like long term for you is a good place to start. Um, the second one is control the meaning of your life. So if you really think about the things that have had like the most profound influence on your life, um, in most cases, you probably had little, if any, control over them. So we don't get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose um, our names. Um, and so we don't get to choose even when we get sick, you know. And so it's just being able to realize that at some point we have absolute control over the things that have meaning to us. So if we define our meaning or we define the meaning of our lives by bad things that happen to us, then we sort of create this like constant state of stress and powerlessness and resentment um, and all mixed in with anxiety and depression as well, which we've also talked about in the past. And so if we control the meaning of our lives by systematically increasing the value of the experiences we have, um, then we create a meaningful life, a life full of purpose, a life that really helps us to institute personal power, which is what makes for a happy life. And so what oftentimes people don't think about is that in order to feel um, powerful and valuable, you have to make the most um, of your experiences that's realistically possible. And so, of course, while this may still have moments um, where disappointment creeps in, you will also have an overall gigantic boost to learn long-term well-being um, and sort of the prevention of what regret may look like in the future. So just being able to think about that in terms of um, how to control the meaning of your life. 
The third is to stand for deeper, more humane values. So when we stand for our deeper humane values, things like compassion, kindness, this actually helps us to appreciate and tolerate those who are different than us more. Um, if we ignore or violate those deeper values, it actually makes us more vulnerable to feel guilty, to feel shame, to be anxious. Um, we doubt ourselves more. And sometimes it even comes across as sort of inauthentic and we look phony to other people um, because we actually are violating what we believe to be true um, to navigate our world. And so you might see this in folks who are seemingly hypersensitive to unfair treatment um, when in actuality, we might be um, treating them a certain way or they might be treating us a certain way um, that is unfair and it's being reflected back. And so um, what typically happens is when people constantly ignore and violate those values, it's really where you see um, cultural and individual shifts um, where, you know, we see some of the more strange uh, mental health issues come up, like people who might be considered psychopaths or really being able to sort of deject um, a love for other people. And so by standing for your deeper, most humane values, you're almost assured to prevent sort of any more harmful types of regret because you're standing by what you believe um, to be true and what you know um, will be a guiding sort of source for you as you make your decisions in life. Um, the fourth is to make the world a better place. So our brains are simply not wired, even though you probably feel like it sometimes for self-obsession. So the more we think about ourselves, the less in touch with reality we actually become. And so in contrast, um, self-awareness sort of includes this awareness of the world and the way in which we reside in the world. And so in other words, you can make yourself enduringly happy um, just by striving in some small way to make the world around you or the, the world that you live in a better place. And so in the article, they talk about this idea of like the golden promise um, and, and basically what that meant is that if you focus continually on making the world a better place in some small way, you and those you love will be happier. Your life will have more meaning and purpose. And then you end up creating a legacy that will give you peace um, in your later years that you couldn't have even expected when you first sort of started that journey. And so I thought that was really cool to think about sort of this idea of making that promise to yourself to be able um, to just commit to making your small part of the world better for other people. Um, and being able to move forward in that way, you will definitely reap the benefits of that in life long term. And then number five is to practice transcendence. So for people who maybe don't know what the word transcend um, means, it's sort of going beyond your limits, um, stretching to become better or greater. And so the transcendent life is focused on growing into most the most empowered and humane persons that we can possibly be. And so this is sort of being able to evolve, obviously, out of things that you may go through where you may feel like you have suffered, but you that you have suffered, but you grow beyond it. Um, so the natural sort of motivation around pain is to motivate behavior that will help to improve or to heal or to repair. Um, and so most of the suffering in the world that we know and that we see, including things like we saw on yesterday, um, occurs when we violate what's most important to us by acting on what is less important. So, you know, if you keep thinking about the big mistakes you've made in life, um, which nearly everyone has, um, it sort of creates this like violation of that deeper value of taking action and doing something that's important to you. And so if we constantly violate these important values by acting on less important feelings, um, we end up being impulsive. 
Um, and then, of course, we're susceptible to this happening for multiple reasons. You know, deeper values don't run on autopilot like our habits do. So a lot of times we sort of get those confused and think that values are just something that happens naturally. Um, those would be habits and impulses. And so how the brain actually works is that because we don't run on autopilot um, when it comes to our values, like the way in which our brain rapidly processes those things, those impulses, um, they sort of bypass what we call our, our prefrontal cortex, which is where we make decisions um, for ourselves based on our values. And so if we constantly act on sort of the superficial surface level feelings, which are largely our habits, then we constantly end up violating what's deeper um, to us and what we value. And so the other part of that is that, you know, our deepest values are also less in our consciousness. Um, and so those things are, are really things that, you know, are built into us um, and sort of create that sense of authenticity, which sort of makes our egos and the way in which we manage our emotions um, kind of go out of the window. And so in general, like, for example, if I feel defensive or it's really important that I make you think about me in a certain way, then I have to get in touch with sort of what my deeper values are in order to even get to experience a genuine sense of self. Well, that ultimately, as we know, because we're human beings and we're fickle, um, you may not like the person that I am. And if I instantly receive that as my truth, um, I will never fulfill my potential because I'm always going to be trying to meet a need or an expectation of someone else. And so to kind of compensate for this, we really have to create daily reminders about what's most important to us, surround us with the people that matter to us and that keep us grounded um, and really being able to sort of make sure that we lead um, a transcendent life and most assuredly really get away from those senses of regret by not being who we are at the core. And then the last um, of the six is to create light. So as human beings, um, the good thing or the good news is that we've evolved in a number of ways to really be able to experience um, a purity of what it means to connect with something higher to us, whether that's through spirituality um, or like we just talked about your values and sort of the, the depths um, of maybe your soul. And so from a psychological standpoint, it really doesn't matter like which way you choose, whether that, you know, is some specific religion that you adhere to, um, really being able to think about a connection to like nature or harmony, but we function at our best with some notion of connection to something bigger and larger that overrides the immediate selfish ways in which we function as human beings. And so what we know about any form of spirituality um, that they all have in common is sort of this strive to create light, to create goodness. And so, of course, when there's light, there are also shadows. And so when shadows deter us um, from being able to sort of create that spiritual sense of self, we miss the opportunity to be able to enrich our lives. And so the answer, of course, to that dilemma is not to dwell in the shadows, um, figure out how to create more light, um, being able to sort of reach some point of um, an ultimate spiritual uh, life comes from being a brighter light in some way of, of sort of mustering up even more strength and power and goodness and happiness um, to share out to the world. And so, of course, the more light we create, the less likely we're also um, to suffer from regret or making decisions that don't necessarily fit with what we would like to be. So those are the six areas that the article talks about. Obviously, you could go check it out if you want to know more details about um, each of those. But 
just, you know, and and trying to sort of wrap up this conversation a little bit and really thinking about ways to avoid regret, we have to surrender to the possibility of living life at its fullest and creating opportunities to be as mentally and as emotionally healthy as possible. I think, you know, when we think about what has happened on yesterday and the loss of somebody who has been extremely influential in um, creating a light in his own community um, and in the lives of the people that he loves, we really have to think deeply about the person who harmed him um, and maybe what sense of regret and what sense of um, hatred that may be lied within because they weren't living a fulfilled life and really weren't thinking deeply about how to be able to create their own sense of connection to their values and what they hold to be true. And so um, when you think about building your legacy or leaving a legacy behind, I think that it is really, really important to be able to surrender fully to the possibility of what it could mean um, to give of yourself to others, to be loving towards others so that you create the life that you want. And so, of course, the loss of anyone who has had influence and who has changed the lives of others for the better is always a tragedy. Um, in fact, I think the reason that it hurts so much is due to the magnitude of the reach and the positivity that they brought into the world. And what we know is that you know many of the people that we have lost, including Nipsey Hussle, um, they've done that. They've really been able to, again, create light um, and bring positivity and um, encourage many of us to be more of our, ourselves or our better versions of ourselves. And so um, if anything, to honor them and to honor their legacies, uh, we owe it to ourselves to be able to not live in regret, to create the lives that we want, to support one another as we build the lives that we've earned and deserve, um, and really be able to sort of carry that on and teach that to generations to come. So those are my thoughts on legacy building and avoiding regret and really um, avoiding the mental health concerns that come with living with regret. And so I hope those are some useful tips um, before we wrap up the show, I definitely want to take a moment of silence to honor Nipsey um, and really be able to just sort of um, acknowledge what he was as a light to all of us. Nipsey, we thank you so much for being a guiding light to current and future generations alike. And obviously your music, your legacy, and your message will never, ever, ever be forgotten. So that ends our show for this week. Um, I promised you guys I would keep it short. I think in moments like this, sometimes it is always better to be reflective. Um, and obviously not necessarily the, the direction or format that I had planned for the show today, um, but I'm obviously grateful that we use this time to get to honor someone while also helping um, ourselves in order to be able to live as fulfilling um, of a life and be as hardworking about creating health and wealth and hope and love in our own communities um, as Nipsey Hussle and many others have done. So of course, if you have questions or you wanna keep this conversation going, um, make sure that you use the Ask Dr. LP hashtag and submission portal either on the website or reach out to us on social media. That's on Instagram, Facebook, or our website. Or you can even email us directly um, at info at smalltalkcounseling.com. Um, and we will be back, obviously, for our next episode. We still have many, many, many exciting things ahead in season two. So make sure that you have liked, followed, and subscribed everywhere 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time here on the Emerald Couch.